Hello, welcome to the All Purpose NFL Podcast. I'm your host, AP. This week we are going to talk about Minshew Mania, why you may want to bench a certain NFL quarterback this week for your fantasy, what I believe is the game of the week, and who replaced the Cowboys in my top 10 power rankings. But first, let's get into the games this weekend. I'm so excited to have NFL football back. It felt really good Thursday night to actually get to watch a game. And we got to start off with a really good one with the Texans versus the Chiefs. It's a really good game. Um, The thing that stood out to me the most, first off, was Clyde Edwards-Elair. He had a great game. He was 25 for 138 yards and a touchdown. The O-line created a whole lot of really good holes for him. And then you had Patrick Mahomes, who who was his usual, you know, just great self because it's Pat Mahomes. Threw for 211 yards and three touchdowns. It It was Patrick Mahomes. He is who he is. One of the really interesting things was outside of the one touchdown drive that started with a really short field because of the interception. All of their touchdown drives were 75 plus yards, which is really, really amazing. Like I said last week about the Chiefs defense, they were solid and they made the necessary stops. In their first four defensive drives, they went punt, they gave up a touchdown, but then they went punt again, missed field goal. In the second half, it was punt, interception, touchdown, touchdown, when it didn't really matter anymore. And so the Chiefs did a really, really good job Thursday night. As far as the Texans go, Deshaun Watson did his best. He had 253 yards, one touchdown, one interception, but he had four sacks because it's Deshaun Watson and he ends up getting hit a lot because the offensive line isn't always that great. The biggest bright spot for that team this past week was David Johnson, who, in my opinion, did great and showed flashes of that 2016 version of himself. If he can bring that back, this team will be so much better because one of the things they really have always needed is a solid run game. It's one thing Deshaun Watson in his time as a Texan has never really had. Will Fuller did step up up, and their offense does look to have potential, but they really do need a lot of work. Their defense played pretty good, but they didn't get enough pressure when it really mattered. And that was the Thursday night game. Sunday was when everything really got going, and it was really, really fun to see. And it was an NFL Sunday. It was a really, really good feeling. It was weird not having fans in the stands, but watching at home, I couldn't tell by watching that there weren't fans outside of the fact that when they kicked the field goal, there weren't people in the stands. So looking at Sunday's games, the Falcons and the Seahawks, Russell Wilson was amazing. No surprise there. Um, The first half started really hot, but then they got cooled off. They had those two really quick touchdowns, and then they didn't really score again until the second half. During the second half, they did have a major turnaround because they scored on four of their five possessions. The Falcons... Pretty much had similar first-half struggles, but the second half, they had two failed fourth-down attempts. But a bright spot was they had three receivers 
over 100 plus yards, which is an amazing idea that in a normal NFL game, three different receivers had over 100 yards each. Jamal Adams for the Seahawks defense showed why he was worth the draft haul that they gave up for him. He was all over the field making plays, and it was really, really a pleasure to see. Moving on to the Jets and the Bills, Josh Allen went for a career-high 312 yards, which seems odd because I felt like Josh Allen, with the way that he plays, would have had at least one other game where he had 350, almost 400 yards. But this is his career-high with 312 yards. And part of that became because he had so much time in the pocket. Like, as I watched, I was like, how is he still just – standing there waiting to throw the ball. It was really amazing to watch that the Jets' defense could not get to Josh Allen. They did a couple of times, but there were so many plays where he was just standing there looking around trying to decide who to throw the ball to. It was it was really bad. I know that a lot of people would talk about the Jets' offensive struggles, but the idea that Josh Allen had the time that he had and was able to do what he did that during that game, that was what was really crazy. The Jets did cause two fumbles from Josh Allen, but it was more a fault of him than it was them playing great defense. The Jets' offense was really bad, too. They only got points on the one of their first seven possessions, which is less than anemic. It, it's really poor that you only get a field goal in your first seven possessions. Next, I'm going to talk about the Packers and the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers, you know, goes off and does Aaron Rodgers type things. One of the really good things was him and Devontae Adams connected a lot, and it worked. 14 catches for 156 yards and two touchdowns. And when Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are on, they are amazing. One of the big things about that is when Aaron Rodgers trusts in his receivers and believes that you will make the plays, he is willing to to give you the the chances to make those plays. If you go back and look at the way that he handled Jordy Nelson, it's very similar. When he trusts his receivers, Aaron Rodgers is amazing. And that's what he was this past Sunday. The Vikings did okay. It didn't start very well for them. The end of that game was very, very wild because the last six drives for with both teams all ended in touchdowns which is really weird to see. Next, I want to talk about the Eagles and the Washington football team. The upset of the Philadelphia Eagles by the team that doesn't have a name, the Washington football team. Let that sink in. The Eagles lost their opening game of the 2020 season to the football team. What was crazy was the Eagles led by 17 at one point in the game. And then they lost by 10. Still don't understand how you give up 27 unanswered points. But magically they did. Carson Wentz threw two picks as well as lost a fumble and was sacked eight times. Actually, that answers my question as as to how you give up 27 unanswered points. But come on, your defense has to do better than giving up 27 unanswered. Um, Dwayne Haskins did pretty good, and he managed the game well enough to make sure they won the game, and that's what's important. So now (laughs) 
let's get into what I thought was going to be the game of the week. It wasn't the game of the week, but it was it was something. It was. So, Bucks versus Saints. That first drive looked amazing. They looked in sync. It was like, oh, this is going to be a really good thing. Tom Brady rushed for a touchdown for the first points of the game. They looked really good at first, and they didn't look good again until it was too late. Tom's first interception was on what was pretty obviously a miscommunication with Mike Evans. They'll get it worked out, but it was very obvious that they were still trying to figure some things out. His second interception was just a bad throw by Tom and a great play by Janoris Jenkins. He really did just look out of sync. The Saints' defense looked great. Their offense was just okay. Like, they were able to do some things, but it never really seemed like they were in great sync or really doing anything of note because the Buccaneers' defense did look really solid, but they gave up too much too late. And so, at that point, the the game got out of hand because they were on the field so much. Like a lot of teams that we saw this weekend, everybody just kind of got gassed with actually having real reps and things of that nature. Let's talk about the Cardinals and the 49ers. Kyler Murray had a great game working with his brand new best friend who they may get matching pendants to show how much they love each other in DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray not only had a great game throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, he also had a great game on the ground, 91 total yards. They looked like they're going to be one of the most deadly combinations in the league for a long time, especially with DeAndre Hopkins signing the extension that he did last week. For the 49ers, they had a solid game, pretty good. The biggest takeaway that I had was Raheem Mostert looks to be what they are going to use as their feature back, which will be really interesting because they still have Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon. So with the way that they want to run their offense, it's going to be interesting what the 49ers do. Let's talk about the Sunday night game. Cowboys-Rams. Opening of SoFi Stadium, it looked beautiful. It was really exciting. The Rams were in their new jerseys. The Cowboys are debuting the new system with Mike McCarthy. It's going to be a great, epic game. It was an okay game. Wasn't really bad. Wasn't necessarily good. Neither offense really looked dynamic. There were six punts in the second half. L.A. did look like they were trying to get back to their run-heavy offense that led to a lot of play action with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. They were really trying to make some things happen, and it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do with it. The Cowboys' decision not to try and tie the game when they had the opportunity and go for it on fourth down ended up costing them. It was a decision that some would say made sense. Others would disagree with. In the end, it did end up costing them the game. Let's get into the Monday night doubleheader. First game, Steelers versus Giants. The Steelers' defense looked amazing. 
it was really fun and exciting seeing the Steelers defense, which looked like it was so good last year, come back and start the season as strong as they did last year. One of the best things that I saw from the defense was the 19-play long drive by the Giants. It's weird to say, oh, it was a good thing seeing that because it sucked that the defense was not able to get off the field. However, they did the epitome of bend, don't break, and snapped back. Bud Dupree working his best to get to Daniel Jones in that play and cause the interception was really, really good. It was just a really good showing by the Steelers' defense. On top of the Steelers' defense looking good, Big Ben looked like he was back, and it it was really good to see him back and doing Big Ben-type things. Being strong in the pocket, throwing it to Juju, who looked really, really happy to have his starting quarterback back. On the other side of the ball, Saquon Barkley got held to six rushing yards, which sounds weird to ever say Saquon and less than 10 yards. Daniel Jones looked pretty good. Like, he... He handled the offense when Saquon wasn't doing well. Jones stepped up, and it was really good to see the young quarterback, who I I didn't really have faith in, doing something of note. The second game was Titans-Broncos. Neither team played great, but neither team was necessarily bad. Steven Gostowski was a major problem for the Tennessee Titans. He left, you know, 10 points out there that would have, very much secured them the win. King Henry did what he does. Over 100 yards rushing. He is who he is. One of the more interesting notes to me was the fact that Brian Tannehill was not good on third and long. Third and short, he did pretty good. But third and long, they didn't make pretty much any of those plays. From the Broncos, their young offensive core looks like it will be very good. I feel like adding Melvin Gordon with Philip Lindsay, who did end up getting hurt during the game, will be really good, especially when you have Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, and the other wide receivers that they have. It it looks pretty promising. So that's a look at all the games from this weekend. Now let's take a look at the top three stories of this week. So the number three story for this week is the Houston Texans and the lack of DeAndre Hopkins. It really showed how much they missed DeAndre Hopkins in that offense this week. Will Fuller did well. He had eight receptions for 112 yards. But no one else had more than three catches. Randall Cobb had two catches for 23 yards on three targets. Brandon Cooks had two catches on five targets for 20 yards. And Kenny Stills had no catches on two targets. The flip of that is DeAndre Hopkins with Kyler Murray in the Cardinals offense had 14 catches for 151 yards. This is a big story to me because DeAndre Hopkins was the safety net for Deshaun Watson. If nothing else, he knew that he had... DeAndre Hopkins to go to and he no longer has that safety net and with the way that this season has gone and the lack of continuity that teams have 
it really says something about the fact that they don't have someone who he can fully trust to be there at all times, no matter what happens. Last year, DeAndre Hopkins had 150 targets. He caught 104 balls for 1,165 yards. They're going to have to make up 150 targets and 104 catches. And Will Fuller last year was number two on the team. He had 71 targets through 11 games. So the question is, how are they going to make up that 150 targets? How are they going to make up that 104 catches? You have Brandon Cooks. You have Randall Cobb. You have Kenny Stills. Those pieces should be able to collectively do it, but there's a real question about whether they will be able to. And it doesn't get any easier for the Houston Texans. Next week, they play the Ravens. The following week, they play the Steelers. And after that, they have the Vikings. All three have solid defenses that are going to cause problems up front for Deshaun. And he won't have the ability to just go to that person who he trusts. And that is going to be a major problem. And it's going to be a big factor and what happens with this Texans team over the course of this season. The number two story for this week is that the lack of a preseason actually hurt the league. For years, we've heard the stories of, oh, well, we don't need a preseason. We can cut the preseason down. Preseason isn't important. But I remember hearing players and former players talking about how important it was and how they just kind of wanted those extra reps to kind of get back into the, their rhythm. And what we saw over the course of week one was we really did need people to be able to get that consistency and get comfortable with things. The Bucks with Tom Brady and trying to get everything worked out with his receivers. Was Tom Brady going to play every snap of every preseason game? No. But the live action and getting used to where Mike Evans is, how Mike Evans thinks, what is going to happen with Cameron Braid, O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin, those reps in the preseason were going to be vital. Over the course of week one, only one of the five new head coaches won a game. Of the six new-to-the-system quarterbacks, only two of six won. Not to mention the fact that there were plenty of non-contact injuries. ACL, ankle, hamstring were very prevalent injuries over the course of week one. And the final thing I want to look at as to why preseason matters and getting into the rhythm of things matters is this past weekend, in terms of opening weekends in the NFL, saw the most missed field goals at 19 and the most missed PATs at five than there have been in opening weekends over the past decade. Preseason matters more than I ever actually thought it did. And the number one story of this week is the second year quarterbacks. Murray, Jones, Haskins, Locke, Minshew. Three and two this weekend. 
And even though there were two losses, those two quarterbacks did look good in those losses. I can honestly say that I I didn't believe in Kyler Murray. I didn't. I felt like he would be good enough to be solid, but not great. He's showcasing that he probably will be great. The way that he was able to cause problems for that 49ers defense, the way that he was able to connect with DeAndre Hopkins and run, he looked really, really good. Daniel Jones was able to be have a semblance of success when Saquon wasn't having it. When he didn't have his run game, he was able to still function and create for his team. There were two plays on that 19-yard drive where it was fourth and one, and Daniel Jones is the one who made the play. So that says something about what he has the potential to be able to do. Dwayne Haskins didn't mess things up. One of the biggest faults that I had with him last year was I didn't feel like he could handle the bigger moments and he wasn't ready to be a NFL starter. I still have certain questions, but when it came to it, this past weekend, he was the one who was the quarterback of the team that came back from 17 down to win by 10. Drew Locke is another example of someone who... Although he didn't necessarily do great, there were flashes of potential and it showed that he has the tools and with time, continuity, and getting used to the the pieces around him and being in the best possible positions, he can have a high level of success. And the best part of the second year quarterbacks the six-round draft pick, Mr. Mustache, Minshew Mania. Gardner Minshew has been put in a position where it looks like the organization is tanking. I don't believe that players tank. I wholeheartedly believe that organizations tank. As such, Gardner Minshew is put in a situation where it seems like his, his organization is looking to replace him with a new rookie quarterback next year. And what does he do? He goes out, throws 19 of 20, and three touchdown passes. Minshew Mania is here. And he is a part of this group of second-year quarterbacks that shows that they have potential and could possibly be the next wave of truly great quarterbacks. So, time for this week's power rankings. I am really excited about this and ready to get into it. So, the first, firstly, top two teams didn't change. Chiefs, Ravens, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. I don't believe, but hey, I could be wrong. Moving up is the Seahawks to number three, the Saints at number four, and the Packers move in at number five. Falling all the way to six is the 49ers. They didn't fall as much as I feel like they could have because one of the biggest things about the 49ers is they struggle with mobile quarterbacks. Last year, the quarterbacks that were able to defeat them were Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes. Those are the quarterbacks that they have the most problems with. And even last year, Kyler Murray gave them fits. So they dropped to six. Coming in at seven is the Buffalo Bills moving up. And at number eight, making their first appearance in the top ten this week, 
is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number nine, the Bucks have fallen, but they're still pretty high. I do believe that they will be able to right the ship and do pretty well. And coming in at number 10, replacing the Cowboys this week, is the Tennessee Titans. If you want to see my full power rankings, you can check them out on my social media at APNFLPod. So, now time for this week's start, sit, and sleeper of the week. So, the start of this week is Mr. Josh Allen, who had a really solid game against the Jets. Um, And this week goes against... The Miami Dolphins, who were burnt for 75 yards and two touchdowns from Cam Newton last week. Josh has better weapons on the offensive side as far as throwing the ball with Stephon Diggs, John Brown. But also, he is mobile and will get into the end zone for rushing. So, Josh Allen is our start of the week. Our sit of the week is Carson Wentz. It's not looking too good. Sacked eight times last last week. Two interceptions, one fumble. He's playing against the Rams this week who are going to use Aaron Donald to harass Carson Wentz all game long. And without having as good pieces on the outside, that secondary should be able to stop Wentz from being able to do very much, especially with Jalen Ramsey out there. And finally, our sleeper of the week, J.K. Dobbins. He had a pretty good week last week against the Browns. He only rushed seven times for 22 yards, but he had two touchdowns. If they get to a point where they use him effectively again in the red zone, he'll probably get more touchdowns. And they are going against the Texans, who were gashed last week by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So there's a very real chance that he has another really solid game. So, that is your start, sit, and sleeper of the week. Josh Allen start. Carson Wentz sit. J.K. Dobbins is your sleeper. Our game of the week for this week, which I think will be the most interesting and the best game to watch, is going to be Baltimore versus Houston on CBS this weekend at 3 o'clock Central. It's Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson. There's not much else you really have to say. Two of the premier young quarterbacks going at it. David Johnson seeing what he'll be able to do and seeing what the wide receivers for Houston will be able to do with a second opportunity. Being able to see if Lamar Jackson continues his reign of terror and goes for another MVP against a solid defense with led by J.J. Watt. I really believe that this game will be the best thing that you can watch this weekend Sunday at three o'clock central so that's all I have for this week I appreciate you for listening you can find me on Spotify as well as anchor.fm slash pod. I appreciate you listening check me out on social media at pod. thanks for listening have a good one